Shopify grows your business no matter how far or big you grow. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Whether you're selling your fans' next favorite shirt or an exclusive piece of podcast merch, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Allbirds, Rothy's, Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash income, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash income now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Biggest podcasts in the country of our kind. We appreciate you tuning in to the Evergreen Podcast Production Network. Evergreen Podcast, well, what what we have accumulated is a, uh, a great collection of shows that you might like. And I'm going to encourage you to go to evergreenpodcast.com uh, to check out our diverse and dynamic range of, uh, of, of great radio programming. So... Think, think about this in the terms of podcasts because it is uh, dynamic, okay? Just check it out. Uh, podcast uh, production tonight, Tony, the Pit Pass crew has put together a very good lineup of guests. Yeah, we're going to talk to Ryan Sipes, who uh, has a busy week down in Daytona Bike Week. Saw him racing, and he didn't. Uh, you know, I was a little nervous for Sipes because I haven't seen him on a supercross track for a while. He definitely didn't embarrass himself. Very solid ride. <laughs> and then uh, the next day, he signed up for the Wild Boar in Palatka, Florida, where the uh, GNCC was supposed to be round two, but it was round one because they had a, one race get canceled. He ended up 12th um, with only making one lap, pulled his shoulder out. We're going to talk to him about that. But he also has some flat tracks scheduled for this week. So it's a big deal for him. He's hanging out with a bunch of his buddies from Red Bull, including Travis Pastrana. We saw him. He was lined up next to me in the morning round, and he wimped out, and his hands were hurting or something. But I have oh, wow. I didn't have to uh, wimp out because my hands hurting because I – I had a pretty good crash before my hands got torn up. But uh, <laughs> uh, Sipes is going to be on the show. Also, no, Stu no, Bailey. No, hang on, hang on, yeah. hang on. Uh, back up the truck. You had a pretty good weekend compared to, you said your hands got torn up. What were you no, doing? No, my hands didn't get torn up. Pastrana's hands got torn ah. up. I had a 40-mile-an-hour loop out, which I've never done. I've never done a 40-mile-an-hour belly flop on a Florida sand. <laughs> sand. Dirt, whatever oh, it was. Yes, okay. that so, had to hurt. Yeah, so uh, we can talk about that later in the show. I don't want to burn up my, our time with Sipes because he's on the show. But uh, Stu Baylor is going to be on, who is uh, coming out swinging for this year. And and, and uh, Stu Baylor is – I like that guy. Yeah. He's uh, fast. Cole Seeley is going to be on, who also looked very fast Saturday night at the, okay. at the uh, Daytona Supercross. Luke Neese is going to be on, who's strangely – <laughs> Very similar to our friend Jim Neese, maybe some relation. Are they? Uh, but he had uh, he raced Saturday night in the yeah. 250 class. And uh, Lee Habib, who's the guy that you booked. Well, uh, Lee is the host of uh, a great uh, program heard on many of our radio stations called American Stories. And it's about America and the stories that you may or may not know. Maybe you don't know 
that uh, George Washington was uh, targeted for assassination by his own troops. We'll talk to him about that and perhaps more. We're going to talk about George Washington on the show? Perhaps you don't know this, but George Washington started number one on the grid at the very first Daytona. (laughs) The 200? The 200. Which is coming up. So that's That's actually pretty that you would... You know, that you, this is why you need to be at our pre-show meeting. Need- Let's go to P.J. Durant, Scott Casper with you, and, of course, uh, Tony Wink catching up with everybody else. P.J., uh, hot news for you, sir. The big news was Qatar MotoGP started this weekend, and Andrea Davizioso comes out swinging, takes the win. Even bigger news, the top five separated by no more than .6 of one second. Wow. And the second most. So we went Dovizioso, Marquez, and Crutchlow on the podium. Uh, Alex Renz and Valentino Rossi there holding down fifth, .6 out. Ducati was protested by literally every other team on the grid for what they believed to be an unfair advantage. They were using uh, aerodynamic aids on the swing arms whoa, 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 and the whoa, front whoa. wheels. Are we talking about the downward... Uh, nope, something different that we've never seen, which is why every team except Ducati, who was using them, protested them. Can uh, you describe it for us? Uh, it was an appendage hanging off the bottom of the rear swing arm, and then they also had two essentially uh, fixed panels uh, below uh, the front fork, kind of shielding the front brake rotor. I don't know the purpose of them, but certainly they were bad, you know. So Ducati didn't protest themselves. We got that. Uh, of course, that, okay. that we know. Uh, everybody uh, else did, and they got, uh, everybody else got shut down. surprising because they love to protest. <laughs> oh, I know. All right, so, but your estimation, knowing what you know, having seen what you've seen, what would be the overall goal of Team Ducati for for uh, the changes or the supplementation. Oh, they were the for stability and speed, certainly, and they seem to have both in spades. So, uh, they, but apparently the governing body, the FIM, said no foul. Uh, it's within our rules. Uh, there's continuing uh, right now that they, they dismissed the the um, disputes offhand, and then now there's an appeals process. So I'll keep us posted over the weeks to come. D- division between first and second was what. I mean, are we talking about a point oh two three? Marquez and Davizioso fought to the line, photo finish. Okay, wow. Okay. You could say they could throw a blanket over the top. <laughs> Absolutely, you yeah. could say that, and really for the top five, yeah. And well, while they, hung up, he got tired of waiting. While they investigate, <laughs> let's get him on. While, while they investigate, you know what happens, right? They do throw a blanket over it. They don't want people to see what they're looking at. And Tony, you've been involved in situations just like that in all kinds of racing. Um, it's clear as the rules are. Sometimes there is some. Looks like we're maybe getting him back. There, there, there is some. I, I want to say some question. Okay. I've always said if you can't beat them on the track, beat them by the rule book. Really, that's a good one. Yeah, for and, sure. And PJ, you agree with that? Hey, it's never a bad idea. You know, it's it's called racing for a reason. Hmm. For one team, you're pushing the rules. For the other team, you're making sure they aren't going across them. Okay. Well, obviously, a lot of news coming out of Daytona, a lot of news coming out of racing in and of itself. But uh, I will tell you folks this, that we will bring you everything that we can up into a Tuesday particular program. Uh, Red Bull's KTM Cooper Webb. 
finished first or second, if you will, uh, finished over the last six rounds of the Monster Energy Kawasaki, and that was the Eli Tomac. And Tomac had a remarkable weekend as well. Three wins at Daytona International Speedway for Tomac in the Premier Class. He won in 2016 and 17, if you recall. Finished second team overall in 2018. His Worst finish in the premier class in Daytona was fourth place in 2013. All right. Uh, so no surprise there. Tomac, we expected him to be strong there. And I think Cooper Webb, he didn't have anything for Tomac, but he made he made do. He, he did it. I mean, I, I really think it showed a lot for Webb to, to finish strong like that. He was way down, like, you know, almost like seven seconds down from, from, from Tomac. So it was a long ways down, but... Um, but I like, to to, way, though, I like to get to our guest because he just we just got about is he, is he here? His name's Ryan Sipesbury, according I've, to Jack. But I think Sipes. it might be a a typo. <laughs> I think it's Ryan Sipes we have on. Sipesbury, our, what's up, oh. Sipes? <laughs> How's it going? I've never been called that. Ryan Sipesbury, I think it's just a, Jack has t- <laughs> fat fingers. I'm not sure. He does have fat fingers. Hey, how you feeling? How's the shoulder? Oh, it's it's been better, but uh, I got one more race, so I got to I gotta tough it out. Can you do it? Yeah, I think so. I read a little bit today, and uh, it it don't feel awesome, but I can I can get around. When you say you rode a little so, bit, was it scooters or what were you riding? No, I rode a, a flat track and just a little short track. Or actually, they had the TT set up, and I rode my bike that I raced on Thursday, um, just kind of to see if I could, and I can. So we're uh, we're all systems go for Thursday. It's the program, in case anybody hasn't caught it, uh, I would uh, encourage you to go find where, where can they find the, the video, first off, Ryan? The the one uh, that I posted on Sipes Snow Supercross, Sipes Snow Flat Track, Sipes Snow Off Road, yeah, that one. Uh, so it's on my Instagram, um, <laughs> just at our Sipes, or at our underscore Sipes. Or if they don't have that, can they get it on YouTube or something? They uh, don't know if it's on YouTube. Maybe on Facebook. There you um, go. Should be on my Facebook. So you can you can find it out. Just put in, uh, type in Sipes Nose Supercross or something. So the, racing Saturday night at the Supercross. Haven't seen you for a while. I had no doubts in your your uh, ability. However, I was a little nervous for you that you didn't go out and embarrass yourself. Just because... I haven't seen you race Supercross in a long time, and man, you! Were, I was grateful for the. You were so good. I was stoked for you. Yeah, <laughs> really good. Well, thanks, man. Thank, Thank you. you. Um, I wish I could have run a little bit better in the main, but overall, I was pretty happy with uh, feeling like I belonged out there and not <laughs> not uh, feeling like my time's gone past. You know what I mean? Okay, so I, I mean, what are you thirty by now or close to it? Wow. <laughs> Dude, I'm 34. Come on. Okay, Come on. so 34. I'm trying to be nice. Credit. All right, so here's the thing, though. You're a guy that that retires from Supercross, right. goes and says, "I'm going to try this outdoor th- or this this uh, off road thing," and end up being the, the the first American to win the ISDE individual. You you've you've won a GNCC. Your name is in the record books. I mean, you've there's. There's so much that you've accomplished in a short amount of time. And I realize it's all just dirt bikes or whatever, but it's a whole different deal, you know? And then to come back to, to motocross like you have, and then to, to this program here, you're doing motocross all in one week and Daytona Bike Week. You're doing supercross, 
Then you're going to do GNCC. Now you're going to race flat track. And uh, Red let's Bulls. get him a 600. See him at the 200. Well, better yet, let's just ask him Go a for question. All of them. Come on, ask him a question. Brian Sipes, are you there? I was bragging on yes, him. Sir. I know, dude. And it's sometimes I, I, I've been guilty of that too because it's Ryan Sipes. But ask him the question. This guy deserves to answer the question. He's got his own followers on Ryan Sipes' nose, for God's sake. Nothing? Okay, we can go to commercial break if you're too busy. Okay. By the way, I will I will say this. If you want to have fun, I want you to Google Ryan Sipes' name, okay? And you'll come up with a plethora of great uh, interviews, video footage, including the 2019 Daytona Supercross Press Day, of which I thought you were full of it, in a good way, by the way. Talk to us about Press Day because, quite frankly, Press Day is a, is a big deal for a lot of people, but it seemed to just roll off your back. In other words, it really didn't seem like it mattered to you. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't know. I guess I don't know what you're talking about with it. It seemed like it didn't matter to me. I I begged and begged to be, to be able to do Press Day <laughs> uh, just because it's been so long since I raced and I put in a ton of laps on the Supercross track here um, in Florida at Moto Sandbox, but it's not Daytona, and it's not a racetrack, you know, so I wanted that extra time, and I think Press Day was cool to be able to kind of get, we only rode half the track, but to get a few of the jumps down was, like, a, I thought, uh, an advantage for me, um, <clears throat> just to kind of, if nothing else, like, get comfortable early that way. You know, on race day, it wasn't like, you know, um, <laughs> I'm still not comfortable by the heat race. So, Ryan, how much time are they going to give you guys out there on that uh, new for this year uh, TT course? Uh, is it going to be race day only or are you getting, uh, are you getting uh, a day or two ahead of time? No, no, nobody's allowed to. So we will get um, whatever it is, two eight-minute practices maybe on Holy smokes. On um, Thursday, yeah. And then, then go uh, qualify. So, uh, well, that's, yeah, so your your lap time is your gate position. That is your qualifier. <laughs> for heat race, yeah, that's like the top 60 or top something, 48 or whatever, go to the, the night program, and then you have to do heat race, semi, and MMA. So I, I thought it was interesting. I was talking to your dad during, uh, well, I was talking to you, but in the garages there during – in between your your practices and we're talking about you had your woods bike your motocross bike and your your flat track bike there and i was looking at your your flat track bike and you've got screws set on the si sidewall of your rim or, or, or on the the edge of your rim into the sidewall of your tire to uh, to keep that tire from spinning when you hit the concrete or when you come off the concrete onto the dirt um is that something that uh that you just kind of precautionary or, or do you think you, the thing would actually break bead and screw it up? No, nah, I mean, it's just something I was told I should do. Um, I'd never had, because I, I mean, it's a three inch wide rim, so I don't have a rim lock that's that big. So I'd never had anything, but it's a, it's a, you know, the tire beads on or seats onto the rim. So, like it's, it takes a lot of pressure to even get it on there. That I didn't, I've never needed it before. The tubes never moved. Um, everything's been great. But they said with this going on the asphalt, um, 
that we would need it, or you might spin the tire and the, the valve stem rip out. So it, I, I hated to drill holes in my brand new rim, but um, you know that's one of the things that we're going to have to do, I guess, for these faster, bigger ones with the asphalt. And you, you said, if I remember right, you have a little experience. You were some track where you're testing. Is it a go kart track where they have like a supermoto track, or what was it? Where you've you've got a little experience going from from dirt to concrete back to dirt. Yeah, it was just um, up in I forget what it's called, maybe Sunshine MX or something. They have a little like asphalt oval, and we were um, we were going up from the asphalt onto the um, onto the dirt just to kind of simulate that. And I'm glad I did. Glad I was able to to do that just to kind of feel it because it is quite a bit different. It's like you got tons of traction to you know. Com- um, comparably just no traction so it's like um it'll be a little bit tricky i'm glad i got to do it at least once before before race day you know and how many uh refresh our memory ryan Uh, and is it is the rest of this season somewhat determined by what happens here at daytona are you are you locked in for a number of uh flat track races that we can look for yet yeah i'm supposed to do all the tts so um that's kind of the goal that's what i want to do um I don't know that this weekend has, or, you know, this race in particular has much to do with the rest of the season. Um, the only thing that might, you know, have something to do with the rest of the season is, is if, uh, what the shoulder ends up being, if I get it checked out and they say, you know, you need surgery, then, um, you know, I may have to do that and miss a few of them. If hopefully not, hopefully it's something, something else and I can get her, get her fixed up. You think you can beat a 53 year old man? With what, a stick, or what are are we talking about? What's that, Ryan? Um, I said everybody's been asking me about Wardy. I think he's going to be awesome. (laughs) I think it's so cool. I think he's going to be really good. He's going to be one of the dudes. I think it's a story. I truly do. I love love Jeff Ward, though. (laughs) What? Wardy's awesome. (laughs) Um, We'll talk with Ryan Sipes and Tony... um, we talked a little bit about where these guys practice. Uh, he's talking about a asphalt oval and and riding the dirt, if you will. But um, do they charge you on a per lap basis, or what do you get? Thirty laps, twenty laps, fifteen laps? Yeah. What is it? Uh, I tell you, I just rented. Or I paid Johnny Lewis. He he uh, he was the one that had it all rented out. Jail ten. You just write him a check, and it's all handled. <laughs> it's Piece of money. cake. By the way, again, you can look for Ryan Sipes online. Ryan Sipes, just Google it. You'll come up with a plethora of product for you to look at, whether it's reading or watching. I think you'll enjoy what you do see. And, uh, Ryan, so uh, what do we do the balance of the week? It's Tuesday. When do you hit it next? Uh, well, I rode a little bit today. Uh, go to the speedway tomorrow. Got some media stuff and set up. And um, so tomorrow's pretty much much a wash and then we'll be racing on thursday pj final and, uh, question to you well we just hope that uh you heal up and feel 100 percent. i know you're uh you're anxious to get out there and uh show these guys what you got yeah thanks man it's um uh, i mean i faked it through the supercross surely i can get through the, through the <laughs> flat track you know uh it is feeling a little better than it did sunday um i'm just trying to take it pretty easy and and i think uh as long as nothing crazy happens, now, 
it starts and I want to be on the podium. Have you had an MRI on it or what? No, not yet. I don't have time this week. I got hey, another race. To do. Good news. If you're in Canada, it takes no less than 10 and a half weeks minimum to get an MRI. That's insane. I know, right? You got to see what it takes to get a heart transplant. <laughs> it's 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 that socialist government right there at its best anyway ryan uh sponsors who do you want to thank oh shoot um red bull Liat and ktm uh, um, my biggest one um steve match racing uh fmf decal works uh maxima um fluid focus dunlop um team design works xc gear um Everybody that's been been helping me out a ton this year. Uh, it's hard to put this program together by yourself, but I got a lot of good people behind me. Well, obviously you do, but good job out of you, bud. We look forward to seeing the results on the weekend. The weekend, good job out of you. Uh, thanks, guys. Thank you very much, Ryan Sipes. Tony, why is he your f- one of your favorite interviews? What is it about Sipes that just trips your triggers? Is it the way he rides, races, prepares, or what is it? Um, I think it's. I feel like I can. Uh relate with him as a pro rider more than most of them and i think it's just because of his demeanor and, and how he approaches it and he's uh you know he's he's a, he's a veteran now and and he certainly um seems like he's the most one of the most level minded people that that are racing motorcycles well you you mentioned that he was racing daytona supercross saturday and then the wild boar can you tell our listeners what the wild boar is and why that's special because i don't think we've talked about the wild boar very much on this program it's the g it's what we did in the opening opening conversation it's the gncc that was an hour north of of uh, daytona and it's a three-hour race through the woods and swamp literally a swamp and it's uh, very difficult so is that your favorite kind of racing through the swamp and sand and whatnot no no <laughs> It's not. It's exactly the opposite. I went, but it, and I raced, but I, it was not my favorite. How did you finish? I didn't. Unfortunately, that's what we touched on earlier, and we'll get more of that hopefully in no, our no, open segment. You didn't finish. No. So what happened? I had a 40-mile-an-hour loop-out. A loop-out? Can you tell our listeners what that means? I flipped the motorcycle backwards like a beginner okay. at 40 miles an hour, or and I did a belly flop do. on a dirt and then rode myself to the ambulance. And Oh, you did take yourself to the ambulance. Yeah. And does that go under insurance, or how does that work? I didn't give my name. <laughs> Good call. <laughs> well, and if you're hearing about it for the first time on this program, and so many of you are. Like, like my mom. Like your mom. Yeah. She, your mom didn't know? Uh, no. Our producers, let's go to our producers right now, Jack and Leanne DeLeon. Can you get Tony's mom on the phone, please? Somebody give me a number. Okay, not a problem. We'll do it during the break. You're listening to Pit Pass Moto Racing. Stay tuned. Hi, this is Doug Henry, Adaptive Snowcross, Winter X Games Gold Medalist, and you're listening to Pit Pass. Hey everybody, it's Scott Casper from Pit Pass Radio. V-Rubber offers a whole range of performance motocross and off-road tires, starting with the VRM229 for hard-packed supercross settings and the VRM300. It's designed for intermediate soil conditions. The most popular tire is the VRM140. It's designed for soft to intermediate environments. All knob tires are available in the most popular motocross and off-road sizes as well. The VRM308R Trials is the perfect choice for real technical conditions, and it's now available in a new force model for racing or recreation riding big four strokes. The newest addition is the V-Line Do-All VRM 340. 
a heavy-duty off-road tire that is DOT approved. Most of the tires are available in the new Slow Rebound Tacky Compound for extremely technical environments. It's V-Rubber and the Tacky Tires, the choice of Sherco Off-Road. Racers say when using a Tacky, it's almost like cheating. It's V-Rubber. Hey, Moto fans, we do our best to keep you in touch with what we're doing through our website, iHeartRadio, Facebook, Twitter, and more. Well, now you can listen to Pit Pass Radio on your handheld device anytime with the all-new Pit Pass app for Android or iPhones. Go to your app store now and download the new app, Pit Pass, at no charge. Yes, we have an app for that. It's the all-new Pit Pass app. Get it today. America's Motor Racing Talk Show, Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly, comes your way each Sunday morning from 8 to 10, right here on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. This is 1460 KXNO. Passionate about riding motorcycles off-road and on? Well, visit Hickam Power Sports in Grimes, Iowa, and see the full line of 2017 Yamaha Dual Sports. From the simple-to-ride electric start TW200 to the nimble, lightweight XT250 to the racing-derived performance of the WR250R, Yamaha has your ride. Visit Hicklin Power Sports in Grimes, Iowa today. Yamaha, the first name in dual sports. Hicklin Power Sports in Grimes. Dress properly for your ride with a helmet, eye protection, long sleeves, long pants, gloves, and boots. Don't drink and ride. It's illegal and dangerous. Hello again, everybody. It's Scott Casper for Jack Day. They own construction. You've got projects that need to be done. Basement, refinish, kitchen, bathrooms. How about this? Need more room? Call Jack DeLeon Construction. They've been serving Iowa for nearly 70 years. Right now, you can finish your basement before April 30th. Spend at least $25,000. I'm going to get you a 55-inch flat-screen TV. Call Jack DeLeon Construction Incorporated. Serving Iowa since 1946. Call them. 321-5225. 321-5225. It's Jack DeLeon own construction. Hey, this is Ken Rockson. You're listening to Pit Pass Radio. All right, welcome back to the program. As uh, you hear us, no matter where you hear us, we appreciate it. Part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, Tony Wink, Scott Casper with you. P.J. Duran in the studio, and he brings a lot of heat and a great conversation as well. Chris Bishop, Tommy Boy Halverson are contributors. Jack and Leanne DeLeon are producers of the program. Tony, you have the intro to the very next guest. Well, I had the first... Uh, f- got to see it firsthand, the the, uh, the weapon that Stu Baylor put on the racers this, this uh, past Sunday in the swamps of Florida. And, man, I tell you what, it was an exciting race. And uh, Caleb Russell, Thad Duvall, sure gave him a run, but it was Stu Baylor who took the big win. And congrats to you, Stu. We'll bring him on now. Stu Baylor, welcome to uh, welcome back to Pit Pass, and congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Man, what a ride, dude. And, and uh, I, I wasn't sure you were going to win it for a while, but you sure did. <laughs> yeah, you know, it was, uh, it was a slow of the day. Um, I I didn't want to do what I did last year where I checked out, burnt myself out too early. Um, I've made that mistake too many times and anymore I think a strategy is just as good as anything when you when you find yourself battling for those top spots at the NPC. Yeah, so I I was watching in and in Pit Row it looked like you uh did you have some sort of a did your bike stall or did you have some sort of mishap? I couldn't tell. I was down towards the you know, like right at the beginning of Pro Row. 
but it looked like you were like there was something wrong about maybe two hours into the race. Yeah, um, so I just kind of broke away. I I got a I got a cushion on those guys. Um, uh, I just got a cushion on those guys, and Stan got stuck in the quick fill. The quick fill stuck wide open. Poured a gallon and a half of fuel all over my lap, and and uh, went down below the seat and straight in on top of the filter, and the bike shut off, and um, you know, I lost the lost the comfy cushion that I had. And, put those guys right back on the rear wheel. So that was kind of a kind of frustrating it was definitely a bummer. Um you know, I felt at that point it felt like I had pushed with everything I had. Uh, I know that Caleb's strong later in the race and he usually has a pace lap before he sprints and yeah. in my mind he was on his pace lap and he was ready to push and all I can do is just try to out push him and uh that's what I did. You know, we came out out for a row wheel to wheel and I was able to just put a put another gap on him, and um, you know I I drug him along for a while. I think probably ten miles that lap, and then it got to the, the gnarliest section, like the I think the last three miles. The track got really rough, and uh, my bike was just working really well, and I was able to able to put some time on him there. And um, you know the the whole rest of the race, I was getting put towards you know plus plus twenty five, plus forty five. Plus one hundred five, and then um, headed on to that last lap. I know I had a minute lead, and just couldn't make any mistakes. So, so let me ask you this, Stu: when you when you have the uh, you guys run VP fuel, is that right? Yep. Okay, so I want to ask you when you when your dry brake, which is for everybody that's listening, it's it's uh, you basically you pull up and they just they they slam the gas can down onto your your gas tank and it it quick fills the bike and, and they lift it off and it goes and sometimes those do miss they, they do screw up you get sand stuck or whatever so i'm just curious what does vp which vp do you guys run the four or what is it uh we're running t4 okay so what does t4 feel like on the crotch when you're like three uh, hours in and it's nice and it's like is it a really burning, humid really humid is it a burning sensation is it like a dry heat <laughs> At first, it was like really, really cold, and I knew I was like, "Man, it's got to start burning at some point." <laughs> I, I haven't had it happen in a long time, and just when I thought, "Okay, maybe, maybe T four just doesn't burn like it used to," <laughs> then it kicked in. I, I guess it just soaked. It just soaked in. I still got a couple of blisters on the lower part of my stomach. But oh no! Yeah, then it then it started kicking in, and. The boys were on fire, I can tell you that. It, it, felt, like, it felt like I was standing over top of an open flame. Oh, and no. It's the worst. I don't know if I can contribute that to my win. I was just going to say I, that. I, I mean, maybe maybe in my mind, the faster I went, the more airflow I had. And I I don't know, but maybe we'll try it again next race. I'm not sure. So I see I them guys. You guys are really good. You got it down. You pull into pro row and you have that little jag that they put in there. Somebody's pouring water on your on the back of your head or on the back of your neck, and then you're grabbing a water bottle and and, and man, you do that faster than most guys can even go through that thing without doing any of that. But what if instead of just the waters, you had another guy pouring VP oh, yeah. on <laughs> your Spritz, pants, spritzing you with fuel, <laughs> or maybe just like squirt guns as you're going by, just spraying you with like in the woods, su- like surprising <laughs> areas where you don't even know where you're going to get sprayed. See, I'm not sure that it wasn't part of the grand plan anyway. <laughs> Before the race, 
my mechanic looked at me and he said, you got to win today. And I said, yeah, I'll see. We'll see. We'll see how we go. And he said, he said, I'm tired of you leading the la- the first two hours. You need to lead the last two hours. I was like, okay. He said, you ride better when you're pissed off. And I'm not going to piss you off. And then the next thing I know, two hours into the race, I'm getting gassed up all over. So <laughs> whether he had this plan out or not, I'm, I'm still in the sense of that. But, uh, Maybe, maybe, I mean, I know he gets the bonus when I win, so I think uh-huh. I think that's planned out. I'm pretty sure. That and we're, po- talk, we're talking about <laughs> VP Fuel, so they're in on the deal for sure. Pocket full of sand oh, would be yeah. a real tell yeah. there, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Thad Duvall looked really good, too, on Husqvarna. He, he you know, he's uh, he's been a guy that's been stri- – been, just, li- just like you, I feel like he's he's long overdue to be the guy, too. I mean, the, that uh, – um, you, you know, Caleb has has been on fire, but you guys both, you and Stu and Thad, in my opinion, you guys are are. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if either one of you won a championship this year. Yeah, you know, it's. Uh, I mean, it's still a long season, but that's my ultimate goal for this year. I I don't want that championship bad. You know, we've been pretty dominant at the national the last few years, and um, you know the. The, the elusive GNTC title is just something that for the last six years nobody's been able to, I, I don't even want to say anybody's been close to it. I mean, Caleb's really been so smart, so strategic, and he knows exactly how to win races. Um, that being said, I don't think that Caleb has been the fastest guy on the track for the last six years. Uh, I think that, you know, Dad or myself, we've always had a little more speed and I don't know that it's I don't know that we're necessarily faster or maybe Caleb's just smarter and he lets us burn ourselves out. But uh I think Caleb Caleb's been so dominant because of his strategy. He can change on the fly. He knows what he knows what to do, how to handle each rider in each situation yeah. and how to make it count at the end of the season. And I think uh I think right now, you know, I understand more of that after the race and you know the GMCCs it's we're off the we're off that. We've we've all got good bikes. Um, you know, right now I think that it's it's become more of a strategy on who's gonna push when, who's gonna who knows exactly that time, that perfect time to start pushing. I think that's what Caleb's been so good. He knows on any given day whether he can start his sprint with three to go or with two to go, or he has to wait till the last lap. And, you know, we've seen Caleb come from a minute down to a two minute faster lap than anybody on the last lap and somehow win by a minute. And I think he knows exactly when that time is and when he comes across the finish line he pushes straight to complete exhaustion but he never does it too early. He never does it prematurely and burns himself out and I think that's uh, you know, anymore that's the name of the game. I mean the heart rate zones that we're running for it's just, I mean, theoretically, it's scientifically impossible to even do what we're doing, but Caleb knows exactly when to do it. So you think it's just race strategy and just, just managing his programmer's race throughout the day, that the three hours that, that's that's earned him so many titles and, and uh, race wins? I definitely do. I mean, you, you look back at any interview Caleb's ever done, win or lose, um, he always talked about, most people overlook during the race. He talks about 
he, I mean, he's brought up during races uh, last year at Florida on the podium or one of the race interviews afterwards. He said, you know, I, I saw his, I saw his shoulders start to drop or I saw his elbows start to drop. I knew that was when I had to make my move and he's done it so many times and he knows exactly when to do it. Um, so I think that, you know, Caleb is Caleb's a chess player. He's he's in it for the long haul, and he and he's got three moves in advance before before most of us even know what's going on. And I think that's where Caleb's been so dominant. It's just the the strategy. And I've been paying attention. You know, I I watch these guys. I learn a lot from these guys. I've been watching Caleb and Thad since I was eight years old. And uh, you know, I I've always paid attention to the riding, and now I think. What I've learned this year, or over the last two years, really is is uh, aside from the riding, I know how to ride um, the the mental game. What what you have to do while you're racing, and I think that's where uh, that's where I've got to improve. I I did it this weekend, um, and I played my cards right. Whether I can do it next weekend, you know. So you guys, you leave the swamps of Florida. You're headed up to Washington, Georgia. Um, you know, I I keep going to the I keep going to Palatka to race, and every time I leave there, I I always question myself. Um, I'm obviously we not. You, we all. It's like, and I know they're there because it's close to Daytona, but man, that place, Georgia. If it's not a river running through it, it's a, a lot better venue, I think, for GNCC. What are your thoughts? What do you prefer as a rider? You know, I. I love the sand. I've always enjoyed riding in the sand. So yeah, but that's not perfect. sand. That's a swamp. There's a difference. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's probably one of the most brutal, physically demanding tracks I've ever I've ever ridden. Um, but I think that the reason that we keep going back there is almost every venue we've been to in Florida has a section or sections of low lying area that are literally impossible to get through um after running it for a couple of years and i think although this place has a lot of water and a lot of mud holes most of them seem to have a bottom and we're able to race almost in any condition so i think that was that's a, a big contributing factor um you know every track that we've gone to i think i've been to seven different venues in florida and every single one of them seems to have that one swamp section that after two years it's just Impassable. Impassable. As in airbox sucking water, game over, yeah. impassable. As in yeah. literally tugger straps. And... <laughs> so, <laughs> Stu, uh, I got to ask you, you are, um, and what I thought was neat, and I want to talk about the, the GNCC family and the, the, the people. What I thought was really neat is when you were down and your, your bike was, you guys were having a problem and you had to, like, I think you push started your bike, right? Um, yeah. I saw blue shirts pushing. I saw orange shirts pushing. I saw people that weren't on your team that were out there helping. Did you know that? It wasn't just your team. Yeah, I actually got a bunch of Ken Hill sent me and Darren Chatney sent me some pictures of, of everybody else coming out and helping out. I mean, it's, it's, it's always been like that. And I've, I'm good friends with most of the people up and down for a row. And, um, you know, it's, it's just a really unique sport. Um, it's funny, you got to talk to some of the Moto guys or some of the West Coast guys, and everybody seems to stay secluded and, you know, in their, in their own little world. And they've got their group of guys that they hang out with and don't really get outside of that box. But 
um, you know, East Coast racing, off-road racing especially, I, I, there's been beef between riders, but it's never, it's never really gotten, gotten too out of hand, and everybody's still friends. At the end of the day, when the banquet comes around, we're all sitting there drinking a beer together and, and looking back and laughing about the stupid things that we may have argued about. You don't drink beer, do you? I, I know. No, never. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> Uh, I, I think I was on my beer number three like six minutes after the race was over. <laughs> how, how is that for recovery? Is that good? Oh, it was awesome. It took my mind off of being sore. I didn't even think I was sore. I, yeah. felt, I felt bulletproof. I only made it an hour in the morning race, and I was sore. But I had a... You should have grabbed a beer right after. I did. No, no, I no. grabbed four. What are you talking about? <laughs> I did. So I'll tell you what happened, Stu. I, I, I had a bike that I, and I, you know, whatever. I ran into a kid that's training down there, a motocross kid. And I said, here's what I'll do. I'll throw my bike in your trailer. It'd be great. Mm-hmm. Well, a week prior, my buddy was riding that bike with me in Baja. And we were going down the, down the beaches in the salt water seized up the, the linkage, but it didn't have, I went through the whole bike, but I didn't go through the linkage. Right. And so when I went, I was at Bostwick on friday and i go out and i go there's something wrong with this bike and it was the linkage was seized up and so nobody wants to work on the bike i have no tools because i flew in with a gear bag and there's a guy there with a brand new 15 hour uh, so i guess not brand new but a a 15 hour yamaha yz450 from rock river that he says this is a demo bike if you want to buy it and ride it what do you take for it and can i use a credit card so (laughs) i end up buying this bike uh, no problem it's all good the trouble is is on the yamahas the grips and i was telling pj the, the grips are so big it's like hanging on to a, right. a beer can they're that big and they just don't work for me i have to have smaller grips even smaller than than the, the normal grips and so you know the fast sections out by the start where you you can kind of hit some tree roots if you if you hug the trees too tightly yeah i did that and uh it was, and i was in the morning with pastrana and i'm and i'm like pretty excited that i'm gonna race and beat travis pastrana right <laughs> never mind that he quit halfway through it whatever <laughs> so i hit these things and it was like somebody hit me from behind wow. the bike literally came out from under me and shot out and i looped out at like 40 miles an hour wow and belly flopped onto the ground because i couldn't hang on to the bike and i Oh man, and that was the end of my day. And that was I was three Coors Lights in before. Uh, How did Pastrana do? Before you guys started, he quit. That's yeah, the time. He he quit too. Right after you passed him, right? Yeah. So <laughs> that's probably he's probably pissed a fat guy beat him. <laughs> you know that dude. You're down forty four pounds. What do you weigh, Stewie? Uh, I'm I'm two oh seven now. That's less than you were, right? Yeah, way less. Yeah. You were like two forty. Yeah. Why do they do the posters, the poster pics uh, at this t- time of year? They go, "Hey, you know, you look pretty good." So now's the time to do the poster pic. Tell me right now. For next year. I've got photographers taking pictures of you at every place you are right now. That's weird. I've got some, not really, um, because That's I plan on Chris making Docker. money. I plan on making money on these posters. <laughs> huh. And right now you're looking as close to 16-year-old Tony as I've seen you since, oh, I don't know, I got 17. Sh- I got short hair. 16-year-old Tony had long hair. Stuart, always good to talk to you, brother. Thank you so very much. A class of the field, absolutely always. Stuart Baylor, God bless. Thank you.
Should we give out your uh, personal number to uh, the listeners so they can just dial in and talk to you about <laughs> about whatever? Jack, did you hang up on Stuart? No, nah, he put him on hold. Come on, Jack. Put him back Jack, on there. Here we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There we go. Uh, Stuart, should we just give out the uh, your phone number? Yeah, might as well. Okay. Right. Buddies anyway. What? Well, <laughs> it's, uh, I, actually, let's give out Jason Thomas's phone number. Okay, well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, that. I, I posted it. I uh, texted it. I posted a couple weeks ago on the TNCC gate. Yeah. Said, Please contact us. I'm going to Needs help. That is awesome. <laughs> what do you think of that, yeah. Stu? I, he he runs. He talks so much smack oh, wow. on his on his social media, and he, and <laughs> and, I, and we all we're all li- we all look at it because we love it. Right. But he's like, everybody's going to see who's number one this weekend. Everybody's going to see the champ trains coming through. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then his bike I, I breaks. Think, you know, I, I think it's his cards. I mean, that's all he's got to play. That's all, that's all he's got anymore. I mean, he doesn't have the – he doesn't – he's not going to be able to win, but there are still people out there that pay to see that side of things. You know, it's just like wrestling, boxing. It doesn't matter what the sport is. Like, I think our sport's small, yeah. so it's not big enough. Or, I mean, he's just, he's really the Conor McGregor, but our sport's too small to have enough people that like that attitude. Hang on just a second. Conor McGregor's calling in. Wait, and, yeah, uh, but Conor McGregor went to jail this week. Well, he's Irish, dude. As far as I know, JT oh. didn't, so. Good job, Stuart. Yeah, way to mix it up for us uh, right after it's time to let you go. We so. need to get we need to get Jason on at least Should we do it week. right now? Can, Jack, can we get Jason on the sh- well, he has the phone number right over here, Jack. It's, it's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. No, it isn't. Yes, it's it like, really is. It's like it's one. one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Then I'll tell Jack the rest off air. Stu, you want to? We want to give him a hard time on the air. Stay, stay, stay with us, Stuart, and do me a favor, uh, Jack. Just put us on hold. We'll come back after this. Uh, this is live broadcasting, by the way. We're gonna. Try, attempt to get uh, the young man on the phone, see if he can stand up for the claims that we've been making against him, and uh, perhaps we can stir the pot a little bit more. Stay tuned, it's Pit Pass. This is Geraldo Ferracci, and uh, we're on the Pit Pass Radio, and thank you for listening. With no speed limits, no tickets, and no left-turning minivans, Track Addicts Track Days allows you to experience the performance of your sport bike in a safe and fun environment. Track Addicts Track Days offers a variety of programs, ranging from their new rider school to their advanced group sessions for experienced track riders. Get all the details at trackaddicts.com. That's trackaddix.com. Or call Ducati Omaha at 402-408-4400. Learn to ride your sport bike the way it was meant to be ridden with Track Addicts Track Days. With the tremendous amount of horsepower and torque created by modern dirt bikes, today's racewear must withstand tremendous forces. It must breathe well, be lightweight and protective, yet still durable. Fly Racing created its Evolution 2.0 racewear to fulfill these requirements. Evolution 2.0 features the industry's first BOA closure system race pant designed to provide custom comfort, smooth, even closure, no pressure points, and simple one-handed adjustment. Add to that the Evolution 2.0 Pro Advanced Ventilation Jersey and Premium Race Glove and you have Generation Next Racewear. 
built to withstand the extreme conditions created by the modern dirt bike. For more information, visit flyracing.com. It's much more than a piston company. Wiseco now offers a full line of quality performance products, including forged pistons, precision forged clutch baskets and hubs, crankshafts, camshafts, forged connecting rods and valves. At Wiseco, we offer accessories for just about any motorcycle, ATV, snowmobile, personal watercraft, outboard marine engine, or automobile on the market today. After 70 years in the business, Wiseco has established a great reputation as a brand that can be trusted to deliver high quality performance products for power sports enthusiasts and professionals wiseco america's motor racing talk show pit pass motor racing weekly comes your way each sunday morning from 8 to 10 right here on des moines sports station 1460 kxno 1460 KXNO. The Yamaha YZF R3 Sport Bike at Hicklin Power Sports and Grimes is the most exciting and affordable way ever to join the exclusive world of Yamaha R Series Superbike Performance. It features a potent fuel injected 321cc liquid cooled parallel twin engine for great acceleration, a slim, lightweight chassis for sporty, agile handling, a low seat height to get both your feet firmly on the ground for added confidence, plus legendary Yamaha Superbike styling guaranteed to turn heads, all at a super value. No wonder Cycle World calls it a bargain, and Revzilla hails it the new king of the hill when it comes to entry-level lightweight sport bikes. Visit Hicklin Power Sports and Grimes today to see the incredible Yamaha R3. And for more information, visit YamahaMotorsports.com. Dress properly for your ride with a helmet, eye protection, long sleeve shirt, long pants, gloves, and boots. Do not drink and ride. It's illegal and dangerous. The point is good. Drink Swell Vodka, proudly and carefully distilled and filtered in Iowa. Like Swell Vodka on Facebook. Find Swell at fine stores that sell spirits. Hi, this is Chris Carr, multi-year uh, flat track racer, former World Land Speed record holder. You're listening to Pit Pass Radio. I right, thank you very much. Welcome back to the program. It is Pit Pass, and we got to, Jack, help me. Uh, the owners of this program now are saying, hey, we need to take the word radio out and just let it go or put, you know, moto or podcast in. Can you help me with that? Can we get it done by, I don't know, 10 o'clock tonight? Does nope. that mean we're going to be... We're no. not be on the radio anymore. <laughs> hey, coming up later on, Luke, uh, Luke Neese will be joining us. Cole Seely as well. Lee Habib from uh, um, uh, Our American Stories, fascinating guy and a great show. Uh, heard on our sister station and many other stations around the country, part of the Salem Radio Network, going to be joining us. Uh, but right now, um, there's a bit of a hub, Bub. Uh, that's been going on and tony perhaps you can describe why Stuart baylor is uh well let's just say he's pissed at our next guest i don't know what's going on with these two wow. but uh it's heated yeah you think one beer would solve everything but no i think i made it worse let's bring back Stuart. Stuart, how are you i'm doing great see why are you mad at jason why would you hmm. mad at jason yeah yeah Everybody loves to hate somebody. <laughs> and Jason's your guy? He's the easiest target. <laughs> Jason? Jason, are I you mean, there? Hang on, Stuart, just a second. Uh, Jason, are you there? I'm there. Can you hear me? Yeah, b- barely. But then again, you're probably calling in from Australia or New Zealand. Go ahead. Can you hear me now? There you hey, go. Hey. Wow. Holy cow. There you go. Definitely not Australia or New Zealand, because I'm actually from England, which is the other end of the planet. I, I was <laughs> well giving done. you credit for traveling. <laughs> well done. <laughs> right. 
What's fatty doing over there? Ice cream, drinking beer. You talking about me or, or the other fatty? <laughs> no, 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 no. The less fat one. I would never I'm call you fatty. Outside. I'm sitting outside the bar. I had a tonic. <laughs> yeah. He keep bringing him out jello shots. So, still, you were talking about how uh, Jason didn't finish the race this weekend. Uh-huh. And it was, or was I saying that? I think it was you. It might have been no, me. I heard. I heard he left the line with sugar, <laughs> a Ziploc bag of sugar. I missed the one. As soon as Jesse Anderson blew his doors off, he put sugar in his kit. Yeah. So what's your point? What did happen to your bike, Jason? <laughs> uh, what happened to the bike was when I came in for gas. Apparently, a bunch of sand dropped into the quick fill. Wow, it's crazy. Uh, sucked it through and blocked the main jet. Mm. Or pilot jet, or one of the jets shut it off, and I don't know. That happened did to you my see first me, Did you see me pointing lines out there, Jason, for you? Mm-hmm. I did. I saw you last minute, and I'm like, was that Tony? Yeah, is that Baja Tony in the woods in Florida? <laughs> the Baja... Like, you mean Tony, the Baja champion, Tony Wink, sure. I'm in a rut. Tony, yeah. the Baja pony, just out there, and I was... I even... <laughs> You didn't take the exact line that I told you to, so I threw my Coors Light can at you. I don't know if you... And everybody looked at me like they were going to straight kill me, and I'm serious. I well, was like, Coors Light, dude. I was like, that's all we had. They weren't mad because <laughs> you threw it at Jason. They were just pissed off because you threw a can of Coors Light. I know, right? <laughs> there was like two drinks left, and, I, <laughs> and I'm like, that ain't the line, and I threw it at you, and I'm like, go! And... Uh, so you had a good race, though, Jason. It looked like you guys were going back and forth. But here's the thing that confused me. What is it? When, when I was standing out there, and, it, and you probably didn't see me, but there was um very first lap when you come, I don't know, but there, there was a section there where everybody was right close to the start before you go out into the, the fast section. The, um, the, the leader pulled over and, and waved you by. Was that like some head games going on, or what was that? No, I'm, I'm not sure what happened to him. Um I don't know why he did that. I've got no idea uh, what it was about. I figured it was because his, his shoulder was hurt and the drugs that he was taking had already worn off. Um, <laughs> but, but they seemed to kick in right after that. So uh, oh it, it seems like Stu and and Anzi were on the same kind of drugs and they both kicked in towards wow. the race. <laughs> yeah. Whatever, whatever's in them cortisone shots, boys, keep taking No, come on. It was Anison. It was uh, like three pills. So, so JT, the thing that I yeah. – you get on your social media and you just say, we're going to find out who's number one. The real champ is coming through. Champ train. And, yeah. and, I, and I'm just thinking to myself, I hope he doesn't get sand in his main jet or something mm. weird. And mm. I didn't think of that exact thing. But I'm thinking to myself – yeah. Man, that's pretty bold statement when you're riding a 125 and a lot can happen on a 125 in the swamp. And yeah, it, and a lot it, can happen. And it did. did, did and it's okay. That's okay. <laughs> what do you do? It, it did. It did, and, and it's okay. Where do you go from here, though? When you're, when you're, when you, I mean, because and then I, so I post on there. You won't win. Just to just to try to get you fired up, and no response. Nothing. Oh wow. Nothing. <laughs> No, no, I, I, know, I know how you are. I know, I know how you do. But uh, where do we go from here? We go to Georgia. Uh, no, we're actually going uh, to commercial home. break. No, which no, no. Is weird. Just on the break. Okay. All right. Wow, right there. Let's hear it, Jason. We're going to Georgia, and, and we're going to show them what we got. Like the bike is good. We definitely had some uh, some issues with it, but this class has throwaways now. I'm not sure if anyone's aware of that, but that, I mean, that round really Jason, didn't count for nothing. No, honestly. no, restart your statement. 
Restart your state. What's this come, Sam? What are you I saying? Squeeze your nose so I can hear you louder. I just got I just got done saying this is supposed to be the Conor McGregor of our sport. Conor McGregor and? would never say we'll see what happens. Well, hang on just a second. We have Conor McGregor on line four. Conor, he, go ahead. He did call you the Conor McGregor of, of GNCC. That means you need I, to throw think, a chair at a bus. Hang on. I think Jason would probably take that as a compliment because yeah, they have the same it? demeanor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't understand. And he's I a really good dad. It. Thank you. Thanks for that. <laughs> I'm, I'm not sweating it, guys. I'm, I'm not worried about it. I mean, most people didn't even think I could run this kid's pace for some reason. And obviously, I ran his pace. So, I'm not worried about it. There are some guys that I'm still think you can This is a kid. Sure. This is a kid who's from Florida, been training in Florida. And once we get to the clay and then we go to the rocks, different story. Different story. Tell I mean, me. yeah, the bike can break. And if the bike breaks, then that's whatever. That's, that's, not, my, that's not my money, okay? So, I mean, if that happens... So, you're, what, are you, what are you saying about Georgia, though? Georgia, I'm ready to go. Georgia's good to go. It should be, should be a little bit muddy, I think, judging by the weather. They've had a lot of rain there, so... My yeah, good friend... My good friend Charlie says that uh, people that go to Georgia end up coming away worse. What? What is this music? Anyway, back it up. I will tell you this. If you want to follow somebody fun, follow Charlie Daniels on Twitter and then get into a bit Charlie of Charlie Daniels doesn't have a Twitter. The guy's 100. What are you talking about? I don't have a Twitter anymore anyway. I haven't even got a Twitter. Uh... Well, our you were banned. Our president, George Bush, has a... Tw- I mean, wait a minute. Wow, George uh, Bush. George you're Trump. keeping up with the George, George Trump. Sure. George Trump has a has a Twitter handle. Oh, my God. The real George Trump. Remember the other president, Hillary? <clears throat> oh, God. So, hey, guys. So what is that, What's he mad about? I don't understand what he's mad about. <laughs> he's not mad. He's not mad. I he's just jealous. brought you up. He's and jealous. I, I just wanted to get you guys yeah. on together and so you guys could kumbaya. Stuart, we're going to send your check to you in the mail. Jason, we'll need you to go to the uh, uh, the bank and probably impress upon them who the hell you are because, quite frankly, you are the man. Good job out of you both. <laughs> Jason, thank you. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you. All right, so that counts Thanks. for this quarter, right, with Jason? We don't have to have him back back for another quarter? Oh, I'd like to have Jason on. <laughs> he likes you, too, in a special way. Um, tell you what, coming up next hour, Cole Seeley, Luke Neese, and Lee Habib will take you around the corner and more. You're listening to America's Motor Racing Talk Show. This is Pit Pass. Stay tuned. Hey everybody, it's Scott Casper from Pit Pass Radio. V-Rubber offers a whole range of performance motocross and off-road tires. 
starting with the VRM229 for hard pack supercross settings and the VRM300. It's designed for intermediate soil conditions. The most popular tire is the VRM140. It's designed for soft to intermediate environments. All knob tires are available in the most popular motocross and off-road sizes as well. The VRM308R Trials is the perfect choice for real technical conditions and it's now available in a new four-stroke model for racing or recreation riding big four strokes. The newest addition is the V-Line Do-All VRM340, a heavy-duty off-road tire that is DOT approved. Most of the tires are available in the new slow rebound tacky compound for extremely technical environments. It's V-Rubber and the tacky tires, the choice of Sherco off-road. Racers say when using a tacky, it's almost like cheating. It's V-Rubber. Radio, America's weekly motorcycle talk show. I got me a date with some of the motocrosses up around the way. Your source for weekly updates on what's happening in the world of motorcycle racing. You know how fast you're going? Industry news, trends, the people involved. I'm Ricky Carmichael. It's Kevin Schwartz. This is Josh Timoth. This is Kelly Smith. This is Travis Latron. This is Jeremy McGrath. And now, Pit Pass Radio. Hello again, everybody. It is Pit Pass Moto Racing Weekly. Uh, in studio, we're always lucky to have P.J. Duran in when he's not out riding or racing or going to Barber. You like going to Barber, don't you, P.J.? One I mean, of my favorite places. Unfortunately, work seems to be where I spend the most time. Well, but when you're down there to uh, to Barber, what do you do? You start with a gallon of uh, chocolate milk, right? Yeah, uh, I've I've not had the chocolate. Uh, it's, so it's a bit it's a bit much for me, oh. especially when it's hot. Great recovery. And speaking of recovery, I do want to thank our good friends at Hicklin Power Sports um, in Grimes, Iowa. But right now, you can find them online. And what are you going to find online? Because a lot of people don't necessarily want to buy a new bike. Perhaps they have a budget for a previously owned bike. And our entire used lineup is available online. You can see pre-owned inventory at uh, our store in uh, Grimes as well as our store names. You so can find the inventory there too. I want to check it out. I want to check out the new bikes, and perhaps you and I have some kind of a relationship. You say, "Hey, come on out," but the bike is—it's going to be at least ten minutes before you can bring it out to the showroom. Um, perhaps I need a haircut. Where do I go? Garage gals, right in the showroom there. What? Garage gals. And, and if I need financing to buy that bike, who do I talk to? Do I have to go off-site? Nope. We've no? got a finance uh, manager on-site. You can even fill out an online credit app before you come in to speed the entire process up. I don't Hicklin. think a 480 credit score is going to get you done, though, Scott. I mean, No, what it will do is <laughs> right. well, get you a 2004 CR250R Honda. I'll tell you that right now. All right. So, All right, uh, so I had to get it in. I'm our, sorry. Hour number one, we had Ryan Sipes on, who's got a really good. interesting program. We had Stu Baylor and yep. Jason Thomas, who uh, had a little... Uh, 
smack talk there about GNCC. Hour number two, we've got Lee Habib, Luke Neese, and Cole Seeley. What did Jason Thomas call you? Uh, he was actually talking, calling Stewart uh, Stone Fatboy. He called huh. Stu Baylor Fatboy, and okay. he said he would never call me fat, even though I'm fatter than Stu, so I don't know what he's yeah, talking but about. that's but a matter of inches. We both lost. <laughs> All right. <laughs> both have lost a bunch. Cole Seeley, join this call. How are you? Hey, how's it going, guys? You missed uh, the the war of words, as it were. Um, would you like us to get either one of those two back on so you can continue? You're probably good, right? <laughs> no, I'm good. Cole, I, I, I want to tell you, um, on paper, what was it, 13th place you got in, in Daytona? Um, it, that's uh, not probably where you want to finish but man you were badass fast in the heat race and and you had you had a good race i mean you got to be you got to be proud of, of what you did in daytona um you know as a racer i'm bummed it it's always it's hard to you know go down on the first turn and the the class is so stacked this year i mean you really you know kenny was down with me too and, and he's what second in points and he was only able to come back to eighth it's just Right. It's hard this year to if you make a mistake early on to, to make up the ground that you lose, uh, you know, so quickly. Daytona is such a unique animal too, and and um, to me, it seems like it's a little bit of a, you know, the the uh, the the rhythm section on the going headed north on the very north end there. The whole track seemed like like speed rhythm or or or, or rhythm Red section. Bull rhythm, you know, like the 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 rhythm. Uh, straight, rhythm. straight, yeah. I was trying to say that straight rhythm with yeah. with 180s or whatever, but um, pretty unique track. But but D- Daytona always has those jumps where you're like, holy cow, they're not going to do that, and then you guys do, and then it might take you a little while, or it might take another guy a little while, but you always have the guy that busts it out, and then everybody sees it, and then you have to do it. It takes a lot of guts, I think, to to do well at Daytona. Yeah, and I I really didn't didn't like that. I know what section you're talking about, the one where we're going table over single over table. It was uh, it was pretty risky, and Daytona is always known for getting kind of ruddy. So um, I actually spoke to AMA throughout the day about changing that, and they they didn't really do anything about it. But <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's it's part of it. You know, it, you got to assume the risk that you're you know when you line up that there's going to be some obstacles that are going to be kind of hairy. But um, I've also try to do my part with making it a little safer and um I, I have a good relationship with the dirtworks guys just kind of over the years we'll we're really good about communicating with each other um so i always go to those guys this weekend it was a different track builder um who i'm not familiar with so um they don't necessarily listen to me or trust me as, as well as the dirtworks guys do so uh but yeah i mean daytona is always a, a really cool track and and always a legendary event and i always enjoy going there though and speaking of it i mean it was clearly a tough track by the time the 450 main happens it is as you'd mentioned getting rutted and it looks impassable to an amateur like me i mean did that play into uh your issues early in the race or was it just a racing incident no it was just a racing incident um i think it was it was reed who came over and actually took me and kenny out i mean it wasn't his fault you know it was a stand section it just, you know, he obviously wasn't meaning to cut as far over as he did. But, um, yeah, I collected both Kenny and I. And uh, we, I was down for a while because Kenny was actually on top of me. And 
And when he was on top of me, I had to get him up before I could get to my bike. And I was thinking, like, oh, crap, you know, my header's right there. You know, <laughs> he's laying right in that area. I was trying to get him off the bike as soon as I could and, and get my own bike up. But it was, and it was like two laps before I caught up to anybody. So I was buried back there. You know, I, I, I don't understand. And, and I know that Daytona is a different deal. And in Daytona, they start with, with sand and try to put clay on top of it. But, I, I just don't think we talked about sand before Daytona, and I just don't think sand belongs on a supercross track. I'm looking at Atlanta, the track map. They got another 180 sand turn. It's just stupid. I, it doesn't make for good racing. It, all it does is is separate guys, and 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 you go through the thing single file for the most part, and uh, it's got to suck as a rider. Yeah, it, it like you said, it really doesn't belong on a on a supercross track. Um. I don't know why they keep trying to make it work, but uh, it never does. And it always ends up being one lined, and you know you get sweat and sand in your goggles, or, or you know in your helmet, or it just it just isn't fun. It beats up the bike, it beats up the equipment. And it's uh, it really doesn't belong to Supercross track. Daytona might be an exception; they might get away with it because uh, it's Daytona. You know the track; it, it's Daytona. Yeah, it's, it's like. You do a lap time at Daytona, and it's like there are so many spots where that can make or break your lap time. Uh, where at a normal Supercross track, you know, we're within tenths of each other. And, and sometimes, you know, I think at like one of the races, the top 14 was in one second of each other. So, like, Daytona is the exception, you know. It, it definitely separates people. So maybe you can get away with sand there. But, yeah, like this weekend, I, I saw that, the 180 sand turn. I was like, really, again? Like, <laughs> why are we learning? Yeah, it just, I, I don't, I mean, I, they're watching the same race we are, and I don't care if you're watching it in the stands or if you're watching it, you know, at home on TV. You can see that as soon as you guys get into the sand section, somebody slams on the brakes or gets blasted in the face, and then, and this isn't outdoors, so the stuff that you got to do right after the sand section, and you got sand in your goggles, it's dangerous, and it's going to hurt somebody, or worse. And Yeah, and... And our bikes aren't set up for it, right? Because, like, Supercross, you go really stiff with your setting. Um, and it, as soon as you get into, into sand, it, it starts to plow. And, uh, yeah, the bike's definitely, it's not like we're going to set them up for one, one sand turn. So, yeah, yeah, like I said before, it doesn't belong. But part of it, I guess we all have to deal with it. So, as a racer, you kind of just try to look, look past it and, and focus on the rest of the track. Yep. Um, going to Atlanta, this or uh, the, the the track that you're going to this weekend, uh, other than that, what did you, I mean, I'm sure you saw the track map. What What are your thoughts on it, Indianapolis? Uh, I haven't studied it that, that much lately or um, yet. I, I kind of wait for the press videos to actually, because, you know, the rhythms, they never are, like, identical to the, to the uh, track map. But... Uh, yeah, I saw the start. I saw the, the sand turn, and, and uh, yeah, it looks, it looks good. I mean, Indy is always interesting because you never really know what you're going to get there with the dirt. It it could be pretty tacky, or it could be really soft, and uh, kind of you know it, it can be really make the the rhythm lanes interesting because you're trying to avoid rust, you're trying to find the smoothest line, and and all this stuff. So um, yeah, I mean, I, like I said, I just try and wait for the press day videos. And, who's doing what before i get there and then the real deal is track walk obviously how is everything at honda what's uh what's going on the bikes are you guys 
you, you, are you doing anything as far as setup and, and trying to find different things? Or are you guys pretty well set on what you're riding? And how different is your bike from your teammates? Do you know? Um, we're pretty similar. I think our engine packages are pretty similar. Um, we both don't like a ton of power. Um, we actually need to in the bikes or, um, you know, try and make the ignition timing slow the bike down a little bit. But um, as far as suspension, I don't really know what he's on. He's on show show uh, suspension, and I'm on KYB. So uh, I, don't, I haven't ridden his settings, obviously, because they, they don't transfer over. But from looking at his stuff, it looks pretty similar to how I ride mine. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Honda's awesome. We, we're never, like, you know, I don't really have a week where I don't try at least something, you know, just, you know, maybe a click this way, a click that way, just to try and fine-tune the setup. And, you know, you learn a lot at the races, so try and trickle that into the week and get my laps in, but also try and do some testing to, to fine-tune the bike and fine-tune the setting. So you both are on the same team. He's on show. You're on KYB. Can you explain how that happens and, and why? Yeah, so I don't know if any other team has ever really done it, but we actually have a, a suspension shootout before the season begins, and we have both suspension companies there and offering their best stuff or, or you know kind of helping us out and help develop the stuff as, as quickly as they possibly can and and then we get to choose so uh, you know i've picked kyb the last four years the first year i picked showa um and now i've switched over to kyb and then you know kenny has, has been back and forth when he's been at honda so it's cool just to have that option and um work side by side with with both kyb and showa and even if I don't pick Shoah, like I, I'd still help them develop or help them give input on, on what they can do to, to better their stuff and, and vice versa with Kenny and KYB. So it's, uh, it's pretty cool like to have that option. And, and like I said, I don't think any other team really provides that for any of their riders. How does that work? I don't know. That's surprising to me, honestly, especially since you're, you give them feedback, even though you're going you're gonna to go with their competitor. I think that's kind of bizarre. Yeah, I guess it is. I mean, it's but it, it all. I don't know. It just help one help one another out. I don't. I don't know if that. I, don't, I wouldn't say that feedback goes to other teams, but it it kind of stays within the Honda camp. That's yeah. That's an interesting arrangement, and I assume there's a reason for it. It's it's a benefit certainly to the suspension providers, and potentially, I guess, to your team. Uh, the better the support they give you. Yeah, and you know, Honda really. They don't stop at anything to, to make sure that we're comfortable. So that's just one thing that they do, and and you know, the, and then it turns into hours and hours of testing and fine tuning. And and this year we got Trey Kennard as our test rider, which has been absolutely amazing. So it's been uh, it's been good, it's been, it's been fun developing the bike, and even the new the new uh, bone stock Honda 450 is is absolutely like. It's way better. I, I'm so I, like the first day I rode it, I was blown away at how how much like our development on the team has trickled into that bike and and helped it become a better uh, you know race bike for the, for the everyday rider. You talking from 18 to 19? Yeah, 18 to 19, even 17 to 18, and then yeah, this this most recent chassis is really good. Um, and we yeah. I, 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 I've struggled a little bit setting the bike up in the past years, but like this new one is pretty easy to fine tune. I'm really happy with it. I went to the Honda shop and I said I want the Cole Sealy replica, and I couldn't find one. 
<laughs> and I was pissed. I almost went to a Yamaha, but I went ahead and bought a Honda well, anyway. There was, there was a small, there was a small version in the in the uh, carton. There was, yeah, yeah. I did get the toy, but uh, <laughs> which is very fast, by the way. Uh, so you are you, where are you living, Cole? I live my my main residence is Southern California, uh, mm-hmm. Orange County. That's what I call home. But right now I'm staying in in Claremont, Florida, where a lot of riders stay and, and train down here. Uh, just, I kind of go back and forth. I have, I have a house in, in California, but then I have an apartment out here in Florida. So I, I train and test and everything out here with, with Kenny and Chase Sexton and Adam Cincerillo when he's out here. Uh, it's, it's a little easier to focus out here. It's less distractions for me, and uh, the tools are definitely uh, a little better out here. But I, I love California. I, born and raised out there so sure where are the prettiest girls california or florida <laughs> let me go with california we're close to the beach wow. but you wow. can find some of them older gals in florida that are pretty good looking still <laughs> you can find like, older gals at any bar usa how about that oh and the bars are so smoky in florida <laughs> did you guys did you make your way to main street in daytona uh not this year i did a couple years ago it's, it's interesting I, I never been down there until a couple years ago and it's it's crazy. It's fun though. I like I like walking around and, and checking everything out. Yeah, we all the different bikes and stuff. We went there yesterday, and uh, yeah. and I flew out. I flew home early this morning. But he does the pre-trial release program. I actually uh, didn't go to jail this year, Scott. But thank <laughs> cheers you. and kudos. So, <laughs> <laughs> I have been in, inside Volusia County, Cole. Not a fun place. Uh, but it just got out of hand. It's no big deal. It, it happens. Um, so. Uh, <laughs> Uh, you you ride with AC. Um, I didn't hear this, but PJ, you were talking about it off air. That uh, Ricky Carmichael says that it, when it comes down to Forkner and AC, AC's got it in the bag. He was giving him the nod for sure. I don't see that. I yeah. I don't either. Forkner just seems to be on a tear. Like you said, I don't think it's a foregone conclusion. It, yeah. It'll, it'll be, be a race. It'll be a race. What do you think, Cole? <laughs> I know that I know what we already saw in the shootout, but what do you what do you think? Um, I think. I, I mean, just not just because I'm I'm Adam's friend, but um, I I think experience is going to come into play with that. Uh, Adam's been, you know, he's been through the ringer, <laughs> unfortunately. He has. Stuff, but I feel like he's learned a lot from it. And I feel like he's stronger than he ever has been, and uh, super talented too. I mean, Austin incredibly talented. Um, I just see a few mistakes here and there out of him, but again, he's absolutely amazing to watch on the bike but it'll be a good good uh summer and then you know chase also chase sexton he's he's i think he's gonna open a lot of eyes this summer he's really he's in really good shape i i motored with him today and he's it's incredible how he how talented and how uh um how good a shape he's in it's, it's really it's crazy but uh yeah those guys are definitely gonna give me a handful this summer training with them but uh, it's going to be fun and they're going to they're going to have a lot of success and I'm excited to be alongside of that there are there's so much talent I mean we say it all the time right Tony but there's so much talent in the 250 class I mean just knock your socks off incredibly talented riders that you know who's going to leave I don't see anybody leaving 450 who's going to leave to make room for these guys in the future it's always been that way but it seems like it's it's you know, when when you get a guy like Cole Seeley that that uh, you know week in and week out he's there and he's you know like this week he he fell down in the stupid left hand sand turn that don't belong on the track but 
Um, other than that, I mean, it's, it, it's, it says a lot about you, Justin Brayton, those kind of guys that uh, I didn't just call you old Cole, even though Justin's <laughs> getting old. But you know what I mean? I mean, you get all these guys that come in, like Plessinger, he's a, he was a champion and he came in and, and in, while impressive – he, you know, he's it's, he's not stolen the show. No, not by any means. So it's, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. AC, I think, would be good on a four fifty. Does he ever? Have you ever seen him on a four fifty? Uh, only on a stock one. Like we'll be out here in Florida, and we'll get a little bit more rain than anticipated. So I've seen him ride the stock four fifty a couple of times, but nothing, you know, that's going to be, you know, the to the potential of when when he moves up to the big bike. But yeah, I think he'll be good. He's He's a tall rider. Um, he's got a, a lot of technique that he's developed over the years, and I, I think he'll be good when he moves up. Well, we're proud of you, Cole. We're, we're glad to have you as a friend of the show and, and to have you come on over the years, and we wish you uh, the best this weekend, and go get him. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. All right. We're going to take a break, and uh, when we come back, we have another – Supercross rider, Luke Nice, young guy, but uh, we've we've had him on before. So it'll be anytime Luke is on the show, tickets are automatically reduced to how much? Five bucks. Five bucks. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Luke Nice coming up next. Lee Habib in the wings later on in the hour. Stay tuned. You're listening to Pit Pass Moto Racing Weekly. Stay tuned. This is Vicky Golden. I was just on Pit Pass Radio. Check out Arena Cross for more of my racing. Hey everybody, it's Scott Casper from Pit Pass Radio. V-Rubber offers a whole range of performance motocross and off-road tires, starting with the VRM229 for hard pack supercross settings, and the VRM300, it's designed for intermediate soil conditions. The most popular tire is the VRM140, it's designed for soft to intermediate environments. All knob tires are available in the most popular motocross and off-road sizes as well. The VRM308R Trials is the perfect choice for real technical conditions, and it's now available in a new force model for racing or recreation riding big four strokes. The newest addition is the V-Line Do-All VRM340, a heavy-duty off-road tire that is DOT approved. Most of the tires are available in the new slow rebound tacky compound for extremely technical environments. It's V-Rubber and the tacky tires, the choice of Sherco off-road. Racers say when using a tacky, it's almost like cheating. It's V-Rubber. With no speed limits, no tickets, and no left-turning minivans, Track Addicts Track Days allows you to experience the performance of your sport bike in a safe and fun environment. Track Addicts Track Days offers a variety of programs, ranging from their new rider school to their advanced group sessions for experienced track riders. Get all the details at trackaddicts.com. That's track, A-D-D-I-X.com. Or call Ducati Omaha at 402-408-4400. Learn to ride your sport bike the way it was meant to be ridden with track addicts track days it's a fact the best you've ridden is the best you know until you've ridden racetech suspension you haven't experienced the best suspension possible racetech is the science of suspension for atv and utvs motocross freestyle and stunning off-road supermoto road race sport bikes cruisers touring and vintage bikes as well as adventure riding with gold valve kits to upgrade your stock forks and shocks and our g3s custom series shocks you too can have the Racetech suspension advantage, and it's all made in the USA. For more information about Racetech products and applications, visit our website at Racetech.com. 
America's Motor Racing Talk Show, Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly, comes your way each Sunday morning from 8 to 10, right here on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. This is 1460 KXNO. If you're passionate about riding motorcycles both off-road and on, check out the full line of Yamaha Dual Sports at Hicklin Power Sports. The Yamaha TW200 features Yamaha's famous reliability, electric start, an ultra-low seat, and comfortable fat tires, making it one of the industry's simplest to ride motorcycles. The Yamaha XT250 offers the same ultra-dependable, user-friendly performance, but in a more versatile, powerful, and lighter weight package. And for riders who like to take their fun off-road more than on, there's the high-performance enduro-derived Yamaha WR250R featuring long-travel suspension and advanced high-end design. Whatever your budget or riding style, Yamaha has a dual-sport model that's right for you. For more, visit YamahaMotorsports.com today. Then visit Hicklin Power Sports and Grimes to see the new 2017 models from Yamaha, the first name in dual sports. Dress properly for your ride with a helmet, eye protection, long sleeves, long pants, gloves, and boots. Do not drink and ride. It's illegal and dangerous. Don't wait another minute for that new dream home you've always wanted. I'm Tony Wink for Jack Daly on Construction. For 66 years, the DeLeon family has been building custom homes, existing home remodeling, and adding on for customers across central Iowa. The DeLeons will offer you one-on-one attention that the big builders simply can't. They'll walk you through the process so you'll get the home that you want. Jack works well with your plans or can show you from his library of over 1,200 house plans and make your dreams a reality. Call the DeLeons at 515-321-5225. Tell them you heard about them on Pit Pass Radio and receive 5% off the price. Jack DeLeon Construction, serving Iowa since 1946. Hey, this is Josh Hayes, AMA Superbike Champion, and you're listening to Pit Pass Radio. Welcome back. I want to thank Fly Racing, who uh, has been a promoter or supporter of our show, and they uh, have been a personal sponsor of mine throughout the years as a uh, old, should have been retired long ago motocross racer but don't let that stop you the gear is fantastic and i'm stoked to be a part of the fly family uh five years ago fly racing's light hydrogen line was the true the first true lightweight racewear to the market and the original gear line to define the minimalist lightweight category so uh they have a uh the boa system on the back of the pants it's really it's a revolutionary waist adjustment system and it's on the fly uh adjustability for a truly dialed in fit, I ensure I encourage everybody to uh, to go to flyracing.com. Tons of cool products that they have. They have hard parts. They have all kinds of stuff, and it's flyracing.com. Okay, we just finished up a conversation with Cole Seely, and uh, now we go to our next guest, who is I don't know if he likes being introduced to the son of Jim Neese, but we're gonna go that way because uh, Jim's an old buddy of ours. Luke Nice joins us now, Supercross racer. Just finished up in Daytona Supercross this past weekend. What's up, Luke? How are you? How you been? Hey, hey, how y'all doing, guys? Uh, doing pretty good. How's uh, everything in North Carolina? Are you, are you back up there? Or are you still down in Florida? Yeah, um, we got back Sunday night, and um, just uh, kind of wish I was still back in Florida. Um, <laughs> Stick around for uh, Spike wet, Week. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely would have been better than here. The weather's not as good in in North Carolina, or what? No, it's uh, it's cold, rainy, and wet. Um, definitely hard to ride in in this type of uh, weather. So it looked like Daytona f- f- treated you pretty well. Talk about that. Um, yeah, it was uh, it was pretty good actually. Um, I made my first main event, so um, that was definitely uh, 
really exciting for me, um, especially with all my my family there and a bunch of friends and everything too. Um, it was uh, definitely exciting, and hopefully, I can do the same thing in Indy this weekend too. So we'll we'll see how that goes. We were talking to Cole about this on the show uh, just just before you came on about the sand sections in Supercross. We don't think they belong there. They keep doing it. It's it doesn't make for good racing. What are your thoughts? Do you, uh, do you mind the sand sections as a rider? Uh, I mean, they're fun, um, but I don't like to get roosted, honestly. Um, <laughs> I, I'm, not, I'm not a fan of it. I, I like to stay clean. And I like to have my bike clean, too. So it, it just kind of upsets me that I, uh, I have to destroy my, my nice-looking bike in the sand. Yeah. Um, but I'm not, I'm not a fan of it, honestly. What are you riding, Luke? Uh, YZ250F. And uh, your, I recognize some of your sponsors talk about that because uh, total control suspension, um, triangle cycles, kind of smells yeah. a lot like the old Jim Nees program. <laughs> yeah, um, I have triangle cycles help me out a little bit, and then um, one of my main sponsors, uh, KS Trenchco. He's uh, he's actually an old buddy of my dad's. He's uh, he's an older guy. And, um, he used to be a super fan of my dad, and now he's helping me out and helping me with bikes stuff too um so he he's been uh helping me out really well and i appreciate it a lot the track in daytona um in uh i was watching it from down where industry seating is to as you go to the start it's to your left there and uh i was watching practice there and you guys when you first started you went out there for and i think you were in the b practice is that right yeah, yeah, I was in B practice. Yep. So I, I watch you guys, and it took all of you a, a, a lap or two to get the triple, and then you go into those whoops, and man, you guys are blitzing them, and everything's great. And by the next time you come out for practice, it's a trench all the way through every one of them, like five trenches you had to choose. What's that like for you as as a guy that maybe you know not as much experience at a, a track like Daytona as as some of the guys you're racing with, or at least the guys in the A practice for certain. Yeah. That was that had to have been surprising yeah, it, to you. Yeah, it's um, it's definitely tough when it gets like that. Um, it was good that the whoops were small at the beginning, um, because I've been really struggling with whoops, and um, I, I kind of liked how I got that gnarly, because it, it's gnarly for all of us, and everyone was struggling with it too. And um, I, I think it kind of worked out in my favor a little bit when it got that gnarly. So, um, but I I didn't struggle too hard with them, because uh, the ruts in them just got stupid gnarly and it wasn't really loose if you just went in the line there it was just flat almost but um it uh it, it was gnarly and it was hard to see the ruts because uh it's outside and everything and the lights aren't too great but the ruts were just pitch black but it it i liked it okay and they you you call them flat i would say they were flat but probably exactly foot peg deep if i was guessing uh, you're probably dragging your pegs through those ruts. How many seasons have you got in uh, in the Supercross Series now, Luke? Um, this is my first season, um, but I've done all the East Coast rounds except for Minneapolis. Um, we couldn't make it up to that one, just um, financial reasons, and uh, I wouldn't be able to come back home after that one to go to Texas. So You're uh, leading up to this. Talk about what you've been doing in case – We've had you on the show before, but um, talk about your arena cross and, and the other stuff that you've done leading up to how you've become a Supercross guy. Um, yeah, I last year I did uh, arena cross. I tried to get my points and everything, and I was 
at the end of the series, I was two points shy. So um, at the beginning of this year, I had to go to Phoenix for the um, amateur ring across or amateur Supercross series, and um, I ended up doing pretty good there. I got second, or no, I got third. Sorry, and uh, ended up getting my two points uh, to where I could get my pro license and everything. And then um, I've been training with uh, Seth Rarick. He's uh, got a training program, and we have a couple guys with us. We have, like, Brandon Harrath, Jacob Hayes, Justin Hill, and uh, a couple other fast guys with us, too. And we've uh, we've just been going out to uh, practice tracks and everything and trying to find places to ride. It's just too wet here. Um, but we, we've been just kind of grinding it out all together and trying to get my first season under my belt and um, just – kind of work out the flukes for this season so this the amateur supercross he's talking about we're calling it the supercross futures um because that's what the promoter's calling it luke but uh i'm just teasing you actually but that's a pretty good testimony to to their program i mean you 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 go and you race the amateur and you make your way through and then here you are as a pro you're racing um you know on, on saturday night how different is the track on sunday for the Supercross Futures, how tamed down is it compared to what the guys are racing or you guys are racing on Saturday night? Yeah, um, it the one I did, uh, not, it, it was like two track builders built it, kind of. It, it, uh, it was a little awkward. Um, the one side of the track was actually like pretty legit. Like it, They kind of left the whole entire rhythm section from Saturday night. And then the other side was just, kind of some flat doubles and stuff but i mean they took out the whoops and stuff but i mean it, it it left for some good racing it was definitely kind of technical and then it went to the easy side so i mean i i, I kind of understand of how they have to they have to keep it tame for the amateurs and they can kind of build it up a little bit for the pros too but um it's uh it's definitely a little bit different than the actual pro night on saturday so i was talking to mason kerr who's a uh young supercross guy that's he's from iowa here he's a local kid and he was there racing saturday and he missed it by two spots and uh he was talking about the the track differences in supercross versus arena cross because he did arena cross last year and has done it for a couple years and uh he said the whoops are actually a lot smaller in supercross than arena cross and that surprises me did you find that to be the same or or is it just his perception yeah uh I definitely think the whoops are a little bit smaller in Supercross. Um, I think Arena Cross, they're just kind of known for their big whoops. So it, it's definitely, um, I, I think the Supercross whoops are definitely a little bit smaller. But um, they, they can definitely build, build uh, some bigger ones too, um, like they had in, um, I think it was Detroit. They, um, they had some gnarly ones. I know a lot of the factory guys and privateer guys were really struggling with them. And you think, I mean, are the sections just longer? Uh, clearly, you know, whoops being taller in arena cross makes sense to me. You know, you, you don't want the, the racers to get too much speed on You know, hand, I'm going right? 50 into the yeah, wall. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, Supercross whoops, I think they're definitely a little bit longer. Um, and then in arena cross, like you said, they don't want to get too much speed in them. But, and then you have just a, such a short run to them, which makes them even bigger. Is uh is the hard part I think is just not having a run to actually hit them. 
Our guest is Luke Nice, and and Luke, I want to ask you, with the with Feld making the announcement that Arena Cross is going away, and you guys are going to have to go through the Supercross Futures program. Um, what for us, for me personally, I think it's sad that there's so many markets that they're not racing and promoting motorcycle racing in, and I think Yet. there's a big there's a big void in it for for the the, the industry. However. It's a business, and they got to make money. What were your thoughts on that? Do you think they did the right thing for, not necessarily for their business, but for for motocross? Or do you think there's a gap there? There's a void. Um, personally, I, I kind of like the arena cross, even though when I did it, I really struggled with it. But I I, I like the arena cross part because I think it for amateur guys and for me personally, it really matured me and everything with going through that whole series and everything. Um getting the ropes of the tight little arena and all that and the fans and stuff and just uh kind of the chaos in there but it it was fun and i i think they should have kept it personally because i like it more than the supercross futures now of how they're all doing that and everything but um i i think it was uh better learning to do a ring cross than the actual supercross futures for me well i th- i think that there was a lot of things they did wrong but like the suitcase and and the reset that that ran Tyler out of the out of the arena cross and he didn't want to be a part of it anymore Tyler Bowers and and maybe nobody cared but us but and Tyler but I I think that uh, he was always so surprised to what was in the suitcase I, was, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's what it was wasn't it? okay but uh, but but also that I think that the, what I think they did right was they kept it rolling and and. You know, and, and it's – we were bummed it wasn't in Des Moines, but there was a lot of markets that it wasn't in. That In the good old days, we'd pack the place, and it was just always kind of – I don't know if it was the arenas that weren't, you know, like Wells Fargo. You know, they've got it. And, Scott, you can maybe comment on this. Low or ventilation system. Uh, if you can get that blue smoke going in there, i got to tell you, there's nothing like it. I'm talking about all the other <laughs> stuff like hockey and basketball no, no, and all that no. crap. Believe me, there's so much pressure on these buildings, and that's their job is to keep them filled. And to move a show like Arena Cross in and move it out, you're looking at not just the two or three days of Arena Cross, but you're looking at the prep day and and the cleanup day. Uh, or days. Mm. I get it, but how many people are going to the basketball games and the hockey games and the... The teams I announced for? Uh, 11, 12, and I'm counting individuals. Um so I'm up to about fifteen hundred yeah. for, for and it's basketball. a once a year deal. You know, it's fifteen hundred people versus you're selling the place out. That's what I'm saying. I, I, I don't get it. Yeah, That's it's, it's do hard to understand why the the economics aren't there, but clearly they weren't, as we've discussed plenty of times. Stone. I mean, they Feld made their decisions based on data that they have. Too many Fox stickers on the back of the sh- <laughs> of the seats and right and. That'll yeah, do it. Get you in trouble with the man. Get you in trouble with the man. I ever tell you my STP sticker story where they were on literally every locker door in yep. the school? Yeah, many times. Actually. Yeah, we it's can, a great story. It. Yeah, it is. You have to tune in something. next week. We'll tell you the balance of it. <laughs> we've heard it. Luke, thank you so much. No relation to Jared Meese, right? The, the Jeremy niece or, or Jim niece? <laughs> yeah. uh, we know who Jim niece is. We, we know Jim. Oh, my God. You're so funny. Yeah, yeah. Luke, thank you very much for the time. Sponsors, who do you want to thank? Uh, KS Cisco, um, Triangle Cycles, Pirelli, or Pirelli, Breaking, Cycra, Mepimex, um, Soul Control, Thor, Bell, Scott, um, 
and uh, my mom and dad and just my whole family and everyone that's been backing me up. Uh, I really appreciate everything. Thanks, pal. Uh, thank you so much. Always good to have you on. Thank you, Luke. All right, American Storytellers coming up next, the host of Our American Stories, and you'll find him on a radio station near you, part of the Salem Radio Network, also on our sister station, the mighty AM 1040 WHL. Our American Stories, heard from 10 to midnight Central Standard Time, Monday through Friday. We'll tell you more and talk to Lee Habib after this. Stay tuned. Hey, this is Ryan Dungey, and you're listening to Pit Pass Radio. With the tremendous amount of horsepower and torque created by modern dirt bikes, today's racewear must withstand tremendous forces. It must breathe well, be lightweight and protective, yet still durable. Fly Racing created its Evolution 2.0 racewear to fulfill these requirements. Evolution 2.0 features the industry's first BOA Closure System race pant designed to provide custom comfort, smooth, even closure, no pressure points, and simple one-handed adjustment. Add to that the Evolution 2.0 Pro Fit Advanced Ventilation Jersey and Premium Race Glove, and you have Generation Next Racewear, built to withstand the extreme conditions created by the modern dirt bike. For more information, visit flyracing.com. It's much more than a piston company. Wiseco now offers a full line of quality performance products, including forged pistons, precision forged clutch baskets and hubs, crankshafts, camshafts, forged connecting rods and valves. At Wiseco, we offer accessories for just about any motorcycle, ATV, snowmobile, personal watercraft, outboard marine engine, or automobile on the market today. After 70 years in the business, Wiseco has established a great reputation as a brand that can be trusted to deliver high quality performance products for power sports enthusiasts and professionals wiseco america's motor racing talk show pit pass motor racing weekly comes your way each sunday morning from 8 to 10 right here on des moines sports station 1460 kxno 1460 KXNO. If you're passionate about riding motorcycles both off-road and on, check out the full line of Yamaha Dual Sports at Hicklin Power Sports. The Yamaha TW200 features Yamaha's famous reliability, electric start, an ultra-low seat, and comfortable fat tires, making it one of the industry's simplest to ride motorcycles. The Yamaha XT250 offers the same ultra-dependable user-friendly performance, but in a more versatile, powerful, and lighter weight package. And for riders who like to take their fun off-road more than on, there's the high-performance enduro-derived Yamaha WR250R, featuring long travel suspension and advanced high-end design. Whatever your budget or riding style, Yamaha has a dual-sport model that's right for you. For more, visit YamahaMotorsports.com today. Then visit Hicklin Power Sports and Grimes to see the new 2017 models from Yamaha, the first name in dual sports. Dress properly for your ride with a helmet, eye protection, long sleeves, long pants, gloves, and boots. Do not drink can ride. It's illegal and dangerous. Passionate about motorcycles? Ever heard of the saying that you should make a career out of what you love to do? MotorcycleIndustryJobs.com is a state-of-the-art online job board built exclusively for the power sports industry. MotorcycleIndustryJobs.com connects job candidates who are passionate about the motorcycle industry with companies and dealerships that may be looking for you. Upload resumes, receive new job notifications, or just surf the site for your dream job. Turn your passion into a career at MotorcycleIndustryJobs.com Time out! Drink Swell Vodka proudly and carefully distilled and filtered in Iowa. Find Swell Vodka in fine stores, restaurants and bars near you. Like Swell on Facebook. Hey, it's Ron Sipes. You're listening to Pit Pass Radio. 
All right, welcome back to the show as we effort to get Lee Habib on the program. I know, Tony, you were talking, even off air, we're talking about what kind of air filtration uh, changes need to be in place for like a Qatar uh, you know, race where there's a lot of sand around the track and it blows and it's very fine. Uh, in the old days, remember, you had oil filters? Remember oil filters? Uh, Still do. They, uh, every motor needs them. Every, you've got as long as it's not a two-stroke, let's say. You're talking about oil on the air filter exactly yeah yeah you still do that, still I mean, that. Uh, absolutely that my is point, still my point is is there is there something that that our race fans out there would go hey you know i i wouldn't have guessed that i would need to do that i'm uh, like there's some things called filter scans that that go over like we use them in in desert and we did baja. i think we did those in baja didn't we we have yep, absolutely so, so it's basically like a like a, a pre-filter sock. yeah it's like a like a pantyhose type looking thing that goes right. over your so it's like, like a sleeve a glove yeah so you 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 take that thing and you rip it off and then you have a clean filter essentially or it's a or, filter for your filter gives or, you extra life or you can put it over your head and rob a liquor store yeah, there I mean, you there's go. lots of uses for these lots filters of uses. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one um so cutter or qatar my big hey, however you like it i'm gonna like it as well, when Roman was here, Don't he, to my he said Cutter, and he's ex-military, and he's been around there. He, so. he was stationed near there. So, but we're yep. going to call it Qatar just for to be because I don't want to be correct. Um, <laughs> well, why start now? But it went uh, Vicioso. It was uh, talk about it, PJ because I know you you're you've been uh, yeah. It was I've been impressed by the race. Just the way everything played out was. I mean, it's a, a great season opener. Uh, I like close racing, and you can't get any closer than the top five after 45 minutes, essentially, of road racing to be separated by 0.6 of a second. That's 45 minutes of run time, and you've got five guys within eyesight of the line. Okay, so that being said, do you think there's strategy there where everybody's they're all waiting to put that push and and then maybe conserving tires that kind of thing and then they're going to go for it in the last five laps or four whatever it is and and how many pass changes how many lead changes is there in those last few laps that kind of thing there there was quite a bit of that and it is what exactly what you would expect and in fact almost to a T, exactly what we saw last year, particularly between the top two guys, Davizioso and uh, Marquez. Marquez uh, obliged to ride Davizioso's draft, if you will, that Ducati seemed to have a bit of a speed advantage. And last year we saw this a number of times. When Marquez couldn't outrun the Ducati, he would shadow it and he would dive bomb. I mean, literally dive bomb in the final corners of the race. Pretty much always running wide because he dove in way too hard. Couldn't carry, couldn't get it stopped. And then Dovizioso would turn back under him. That's exactly what happened in the last corner of this race. And the gap at the line was .023. So that tells you uh, how close it was. Um, it's I just I'm stoked about the season. This is exactly what I wanted to see. Uh, whether or not uh, the Honda shows some advantages that clearly the Ducati has been the the fastest in a straight line bike for some time now. Most of last season we saw it, and it certainly appears to be more of the same. It'll be interesting to see how this drama about the aerodynamics uh, plays out. Ducati. Uh, 
clearly has some engineers who think way outside of the box. They are doing things that no one else thinks to do until they've done them, and then everybody wants to cry foul. Clearly, they also read the, the rule book, and they believe they're inside of it. Again, there's an appeal out on this whole matter right now, so we'll find out uh, in the coming week or so, if weeks it may be, uh, whether or not the Ducati's forced well, to no, take no, off no, these look, things. Yeah, it begs the question. You say week or weeks. What goes into the determination? I mean, you can look at it and say, well, that's different. But what will go into the determination of whether or not they are inside or outside of what the rules are? And and furthermore, what would be the resulting penalty if they are outside the rules and in clear violation of what the rules are? That That is all to be determined by the FIM's uh uh, court of Appeals, MotoGP Court of Appeals, They th- that it is already there. So there's literally no more we can say about it until they come back with All right, findings. So a, g- a bunch of guys get together, they have long robes on. They <laughs> wear white wigs. <laughs> yeah, white yeah, wigs. yeah, for sure. Court of Appeals. Court of Appeals. Court of Appeals. Do you think... So- what do you think that's fun racing when you have when you have to get attorneys involved to to uh, they're not get, attorneys did, Tony I'm not, but guaranteed they all have attorneys that oh are, absolutely that are reading the rule book saying we can do this <laughs> yeah. yes and I could argue like a Billy Mallory yes I could argue either direction and this is how I would beat them right. and that's what make no mistake D- Ducati's legal team. Had, is is has, involved. They were involved well before they anybody before put they this. And this isn't a, this isn't by no means a first. We've seen it in yes. previous recent previous seasons with the whole advent of wings. And the not, very and same, not just in this particular discipline. No, no, it happens in in lots of disciplines. Uh, the wings were the most recent in MotoGP to have a whole bunch of scrutiny and and back and forth decisions and uh, changes to the rules based on wings. I assume we're going to see more of the same this season. Okay. So, and this, I know we're going off book on this, but uh, PJ, be thinking about it. Tony, we're going to go to your first. Uh, if I was going into court, who's in my corner? I want Rodney Dangerfield. I want Wolfman Jack. And uh, <laughs> and maybe John Williams, a composer for the Star Wars uh, uh, music. But who's in your corner, Tony? I may be silly, but realistically, who's in your corner? Who do you want there? I'm not sure what the question is. Well, obviously, you need to assemble a, a legal team or a team of legalese. Oh, Bill, in other words, people that can Billy Mallory. Billy Mallory. Billy is obvious. Okay. Billy Mallory, Brick Chantry Law. Damn good guy. And David Brick is my guy. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And I'll take Mallory. He's because, good. Yeah. Yep. He won't ever take my call, but that's Brick's okay. good. Yeah. yeah. But. Who's in your corner when it comes to motorcycling? If I could pick, you know, three, four guys out of the motorcycling ether and pull them back in and say, hey, need you to be in my corner, help me uh, to analyze this, right? Coons. Who? Davey Coons. Davey Coons. Or Tim Cotter. Wow. I'm going to take or because that's the kind of a teammate type situation. That's one. I'm going to go Ulrich. John Ulrich. John Ulrich would be another one because he's the road road racing side of things. You're up next, so don't help him. And, um, hmm. Roger. DeCoster? Mm hmm. No. He doesn't mess around with rules, he stays so far inside of them. (laughs) He stays so far inside of them, I have to believe. I'm going to say. Uh, hmm. Jordan Burns from Strung Out. 
Is James Stewart on your, Just he's on fun your to roster with. of uh, guys you want in your corner? PJ. Uh, no, I'm going to go ahead and pass there. Okay. He's, he what? was in need of his own help. He was in need of help himself. So well, That's only because he put a uh, flashing uh, light on his dashboard. I, it was What oh, I find interesting man. about this whole event is yeah. that uh, it, it's not uncommon for one or another team to be protested. This many people protesting really is is somewhat unheard of uh i mean has it happened in motocross that you can remember tony when no. literally everyone went foul, foul we're calling foul right now well everyone okay here i learned about something this weekend down in daytona i learned about it yesterday actually at the amateur race there's a guy that's called uh slip shot is his product and it's it's a release mechanism that you set on your clutch and it's down on the clutch mechanism is, is it, that goes in and out of the, the bike and what it does is it's basically a shock so you set it you pull and then when you you rev the, the bike to the moon and you release you dump the clutch yeah. as fast as you want you know all the the slipping bub, 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 as you're as you're leaving the line to keep from wheeling or whatever you still run a whole shot button but disregard how doesn't the whole shot button override it though? The whole shot button holds the front end down. Front end. This you're talking clutch. I I'm get talking it. clutch mechanism. So it releases repeatable. It. It's a repeatable smooth clutch release. It oh. is. It is. You let it go and it and it releases and it takes off and it and it's smooth and it's consistent. And you can every just time. T- yep exactly. A guy can practice and get the exact same clutch S- response every, every time. single time. And you adjust it with the throttle. How much throttle do I give it? And then that's a lot easier to control because once you're lo- once you go, you you pin it right. Absolutely. So, so this is a it's it's a it's a new device. Well, I understand the Star has been using it for a while, and they've been hiding it. And the AMA got wind of it. They determined it's a. It's the same as a whole shot device, not illegal. Yeah. Um, and, and so I guess this guy needs to advertise because he's already got a business, right? Well, I talked <laughs> they to him. Should it's, all be advertising. It's five hundred dollars to put one on my CRF. Woof. So no that's, trade. That's an experience. <laughs> I didn't <laughs> hit no, a big, no big deal for a supercross <laughs> team, but it's not going to be on every amateur's bike. A whole shot device is comparatively very inexpensive. Bucks yeah, at tops. Bucks, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. It's inexpensive. Five hundred bucks. You're hitting a price point that but pros are going to do it all day long. Sure. He said, you know, he claims that Wyndham t- tested with it and said it was awesome, and, and the star guys are using it. And I did see a few of them on on bikes this weekend after I got to looking on amateurs. I didn't learn about it till yesterday when the pro races pro, pro races were long gone. But um, you if know, KW it, uses it. I would be all right with it. Well. There's a lot of things KW uses that I'm not good enough to use. So I, I well, I get the concept. Uh, that's interesting. I, and uh, so you just randomly caught up with this guy, or was it, I uh, saw I saw a slip shot as I was going through the tunnel. I saw a slip shot on the making hole shots easy or some whatever the thing is. <laughs> and so <laughs> I, I look at it and I I'm like. <laughs> Instantly, I Google it because there's no website, and it didn't. Nothing came up right away. Then I happened to be in this tent talking to him about some Wiseco business, and this guy walks up and he has a slip shirt, and I go, "What is that?" And you know, and, and uh, he, we got to he talking. Said and he said it's a shirt, and he showed me, and he was actually the inventor. He came from Top Fuel Dragster, so oh, wow. I don't know. It's kind of the guy probably should be advertising because I just gave him a. Three, uh, no, three he should, absolutely, and it, it's What's it reminds me of Recluse <laughs> or Recluse. I mean, it me, reminds me of Recluse. Let me ask you this: when it first came out, when when you have a uh, a guy like Mark Marquez that you say he absolutely dive bombs into the other riders in the corners, does does it 
does it like do the other riders you think just want to strangle him? No, I mean it was it was fair racing. He was saving his move for the end of the race. So it's as long as he doesn't hit him, you're not going to be too upset. You get hit, you're going to be upset. You're at the line right now, Tony. And there's guys in the pits, and they've got this chick on their shoulder. And maybe you're really, really good at uh, tattoos, right? And you know darn well you want to get that hole shot because that's where you're going to get your Daytona motors or your Daytona watch, right? And Jack is uh, obviously alternating the uh, start on the song. So what what do you do? Do you, do you do you go for the whole shot because of the watch at Daytona, or do you get the what do you what do you go for? Do you go for the win? Well, the watch is a, a road it's like race. Fifteen thousand dollars. It's a road race, not right. It's super. I'm just saying. Um, and is this pink? Yes, of course it's pink. <clears throat> She's huh. very pink. She's married to Hart. I did see Kerry Hart Saturday. Did you? He's wearing fox gloves. His kid's I, coming on fast too. He's coming up. Yeah, coming up. I'm coming up. So That's what I was trying to get at, and Jack keeps turning the song off. That's okay. Tell you what, take quick time out. Back on the other side, it's Pit Pass. Stay tuned. Hey everybody, it's Scott Casper from Pit Pass Radio. V-Rubber offers a whole range of performance motocross and off-road tires, starting with the VRM229 for hard pack supercross settings, and the VRM300, it's designed for intermediate soil conditions. The most popular tire is the VRM140, it's designed for soft and intermediate environments. All knob tires are available in the most popular motocross and off-road sizes as well. The VRM308R Trials is the perfect choice for real technical conditions, and it's now available in a new four-stroke model for racing or recreation riding big four strokes. The newest addition is the V-Line Do-All VRM340, a heavy-duty off-road tire that is DOT approved. Most of the tires are available in the new slow rebound tacky compound for extremely technical environments. It's V-Rubber and the tacky tires, the choice of Sherco off-road. Racers say when using a tacky, it's almost like cheating. It's V-Rubber. This is uh, number 44, Taylor Knapp. And you're listening to Pit Pass Radio. While we cruise to the top of the hour for the uh, balance of our number two, it is Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly. Do want to thank our friends and uh, those that push our buttons, if you will. Evergreenpodcast.com. Look for them online. You'll check out a wide variety of great lifestyle programming, including this show. Tony, you want to go through our list of guests and people that can uh, our listeners can go back and grab. Yeah, big thanks to Ryan Sipes in hour number one and Stu Baylor. And then we had Jason Thomas. Wasn't planned, but that was a lot of fun having Stu and Jason like on the that. same time. I do. And then hour number two, we had Cole Seeley and uh, Luke, Luke Deese. Deese. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll rebook Lee Habib. Obviously, politics, big, uh, big time uh, topic right now. So he's all tied up, but we'll get him back. Uh, appreciate you listening. For Chris Bishop and Tommy Boy Halverson, Eddie Coolen Camp, Tony Wink, Roman Avila, PJ Duran. I'm Scott Kaz for speaking. On behalf of Jack and Leanne Daly, on our producers and executive producers, thank you so much. They grab the music and make our show sound so, so good. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening.
May I have your attention, please? Excuse me. <clears throat> Are you listening to me? Thank you. The preceding was an exclusive presentation of Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly, a division of Pit Pass Radio LC. Any use of this copyrighted material without the express written consent of Pit Pass Radio LC is strictly prohibited.
Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.